0: I'm Dave Monaco, the Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. You know, it's been so enjoyable in the first two episodes of the season's second half to explore, first with Dallas businessman Doug Deason and then with Amari and members of our upper school community in the last episode, what it means to come together to serve a cause. So, as we continue to explore the theme the word together through the lens Of service and community engagement, I'm really pleased to have on this episode a friend and leader I admire, just to further our reflection and our thinking. Abby Williams is the founder and CEO of United to Learn, a Dallas-based nonprofit that unites a coalition of public elementary schools, private institutions, and engaged community members to transform the relationship between community and schools. United to Learn presently serves over 26,000 students, 90% of whom are eligible for free or reduced lunch in 47 Dallas Independent School District elementary schools. United to Learn's pillars center on promoting literacy, particularly at the third grade level, developing social-emotional competencies, enhancing campus environments, and cultivating advocacy for educational equity among the broader Metroplex community. United to Learn, or UTL, is such a terrific exemplar of our theme together and our present focus on caused-based service. That is because United to Learn literally serves as the conduit to focus the service efforts of independent school communities like Parish, private business partners, and engaged citizens. As we will explore in the podcast, Parish has been a partner with United to Learn since the organization began and through that relationship has developed strong bonds with two Dallas ISD elementary schools, Sigaroa and Anne Frank. It is a pleasure of mine to serve on United to Learn's board, and it is in that capacity that my admiration for Abby's talent and passion has been forged. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Abby Williams. Well, welcome back to the From Angle Podcast. So good to have Amari and our friends from the upper school here for our last episode to talk about how our parish community comes together in service together. And uh, we are so excited today to welcome a friend of mine and a woman whose tenacity and leadership and values and vision I admire quite a bit to talk about collective service. In fact, how organizations throughout this community, including parish, unite in service to a cause that is important to both her and to me and that is educational equity in the Metroplex. So Abby Williams, thank you for joining me. She is the founder of United to Learn. It's CEO presently and couldn't be more grateful for you taking the time to spend with the parish community today. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I actually very much enjoyed um, hearing about Hope and Tony and mm-hmm. Amari's ventures um they are amazing young people uh, as you know with three night to learn we get an opportunity to to meet a lot of those future leaders so thank you for sharing that
0: well thank you for speaking on their behalf they are terrific young people and uh so glad that we had a chance to visit with them okay so um you and i know each other and i do this to all guests and i always learn something so i want guests to introduce themselves based on their values and how they show, how they think they show up to people. So, you've had a career in financial services for profit. You've, uh, mom, your spouse, you're a founder of a charter school, you're now the leader of a nonprofit focused on educational equity, United you know, to Learn. But how is it that Abby Williams chooses to introduce herself in a word or a phrase?
2: Hmm. I
1: think you're saying mamas wear lots of hats. <laughs> <laughs> Molly would probably agree. She would. um Okay. So I, you know what, I just think about myself as a very lucky lady. So I'm a a native Texan, a Mexican American, and I get to spend every day as a champion for kids. And I wake up every day that way and go to bed thinking about what else do I get to do tomorrow?
0: Small town, Texas to SMU. Yeah. To SMU, to the big apple, back to Dallas, Mm -hmm. quite a a journey. And you, you had a strong woman in your life and your mom.
1: I did. Mom was a hard charging. Um, yeah, you know, she is someone who believes so wholeheartedly, right, in in education. Uh, I joke a little bit uh, that we grew up very proud, but equally uh, poor, and um, and that was become because mom was, um, you know, she was always ensuring that we, you know, we put our best foot forward. And she was a big believer that education would be the game changer in her kiddos lives. Um, And, and she was right. It has, it has served us all very well.
0: You've told me the name of that town before, but I'm a Yankee. And so when I see S E G U I N, I'm not sure what to say, so <laughs> I'm, I'm we say
1: we say Seguin. I'm not the <laughs> hockey player,
2: right? So yeah. yes, good. So I would. Say, not, but so if I would have
0: good. said Seguin, that wouldn't have sounded great for the uh, Texans. <laughs> so I'm glad I got it right. But your mom really brings us to this to this next question, which is really to to explore something that is important, United to learn, but also important. To, um, you know, for a lot of the folks that I bring on to the podcast, which is the idea of like, how did you get the call to service or, or leadership? And I, your mom's example probably begins to hint a little bit at, um, at least one of these moments, but exactly. I wanted you to talk about the moment or moments that shifted you um, from, you know, a New York based financial analyst and consultant who was doing work there in service because you were overseeing philanthropic funds for Goldman Sachs. But what were some of those moments that really, um, Compelled you to to shift your your skills and your interests uh, toward the nonprofit sector? Can you trace those back? A couple, two or three.
2: Well, um,
1: you're right. The experiences that I had, the professional experiences that I had, certainly are part of the toolbox, if you will, that um, I go back to every day, and I try to embody that mm-hmm. in my in my in my day job. I i running a business, um, but do you remember your very favorite elementary school teacher?
0: Hmm. Probably not till middle school. I feel like the teachers really became compelling to me. So not so much middle school. Not I had middle Sponte, school? I mean, uh, lower in elementary school. Miss and Miss Dunn. I mean, I remember their names
2: mm-hmm, for mm-hmm.
0: sure. I can see images of them, but right. uh, not that beloved teacher. Is that where you're yeah. going?
1: Well, for me it for me it was and you're right I don't think it was just one
2: yeah.
1: um, I think our teachers build us so um, I almost think that sort of this meandering way through these other uh, professional experiences I have had were all bringing me back to here I do remember that elementary school teacher like it was yesterday I can see mrs. Wilkie standing at the chalkboard you know writing with her long lovely hands in the most perfect cursive. And we all tried to do our very best to copy what she had up there. She was also one of my mom's very best friends. So that, that helped. Um, But she made school special. She made me feel like I belonged. She ensured that I felt safe, not only, you know, physically safe, but psychologically safe. So I would take a few chances, right. Even as an elementary school kiddo,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and she probably helped take what my mother's idea was around what education could look and feel like, and, and put it into action.
2: Mm.
1: And then, you know, as you alluded to, my mom was a really hardworking woman, and she was working multiple jobs, so um, the the house was generally, you know, dark and empty. And somehow Mrs. Wilkie would always figure out some special project that I needed to help her on. No one else could do it but me. And um, I was thinking about this and I can remember like cutting out all of the extra hearts and um, putting together the perfect bulletin board, you know, just before Valentine's day. Um, And then knowing that then I would have a a nice long walk home. uh, It was pretty cool when she would say, oh, you know what, just hop in. I I can give you a ride home. Um, obviously I don't get the privilege of being Mrs. Wilkie for mm-hmm. others, but I do love the idea that my work is not only supporting those teachers, but also ensuring that spirit that, mm-hmm. that love, that grace, that I believe in you, mm-hmm. um, that translates through high expectations is something that I can, um, help happens for other kiddos. Um, and I bet, uh, those listening to, to this within the parish community, mm-hmm. Can probably think of a lot of it, a lot of Dorothy Wilkies who are roaming the halls of mm-hmm. parish too.
0: Yeah, and as we get into United to Learn, we'll certainly talk about the organization's focus on social emotional learning and and building building cultures within the Dallas. Uh, isd elementary schools that united to learn serves that do just what you're saying Ms. Wilkie did you know create mm-hmm. a sense of comfort uh, a sense of belonging uh, but really upholding the you know the, the the wellness and connectability of kids to campus and so well i'm sure circle back to that but let me poke a little deeper on uh prof- you know professional or adult Abby so you know it's a big pivot to leave wall street. And become, you know, with your husband Todd, the founder of Williams Prep uh, Charter School here in, in, in Dallas, or ultimately to jump into United to Learn. So, do, do you remember a moment like sitting at the desk, you know, looking at another spreadsheet or determining, you know, where the charitable services dollars of Goldman Sachs would be going and saying, um, I want to go in a different direction?
1: I just remember having it, yeah, it really was my job on Wall Street, my job at Goldman, um, fit the skills probably that I had. It mm-hmm. didn't fit the passion that I felt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was the big difference. and And the opportunity to to run charitable services for the firm mm-hmm. was a great way for um, you know a, a mentor actually at the firm who who helped me um, secure that position in New York. Um, start really thinking about what more I wanted to do in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 certainly have him to, to thank for that. Um, and it gave me a window into how businesses, mm-hmm. how, how, you know, could be involved in their local schools mm-hmm. and how important that was. Um, Cause it's really bit, it's really easy to get pretty caught up with your, you know, 60, 70, 80 hour a week job and not think that you have, time to be connected to the community and it was my job there at the end to find ways uh, that would speak to a pretty young employee base um, and and connect them to their local communities and whether that be in in New York or um, in Hong Kong or in London or in you know in any other of our our regional offices at the time.
0: That's so Ms. Wilkie and Goldman, both for really foreshadowing um, key elements of United to Learn, you you know, this notion of social emotional intelligence is important in schools, but this the power of leveraging partnership and United to Learn doing that, uh, as we'll talk about uh, with public uh, schools, private school partners and uh, private corporations and engaged citizens uh, across the Metroplex, all again, united toward toward a common cause. But founding stories are really interesting to me. I founded an um, educational nonprofit in my mid-20s. It was a cataly- like really a catalyzing event for me and understanding what it meant to to um, uh, be courageous and to uh, innovate and to start something from scratch, and I think um, has very much informed um, how I Still lead a school today, much as your experiences have infused your leadership. You've been added to learn. So, let's dial back a little bit to not very long ago, because United to Learn is a, a young organization. Um, let's dial back to its its founding story. How 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 do you tell it?
1: Hmm. I think United to Learn started really as a as a chance for founding team members, uh, myself maybe at the very top of that list, to make sense of the incongruence that we were sort of living in and that we felt. Um, You know, we wanted to answer We wanted to answer questions like, why do two schools that live within a mile of each other look so different? How can one look like it is so clearly suffering from decades of perhaps of deferred maintenance and the other is a homage to the most innovative architecture out there? Um, How can outcomes be so different for kiddos who are living so close to one another you know, from reading scores to graduation results to college acceptances. Um, You know, and at that, by that point, I had one foot in, you know, two different parts of our uh, community. Uh, Todd's and my boys were uh, attending private school. Uh, I was spending my days as a volunteer and, you know, board member um, in the public schools. And, you know, so I'm hearing more about, well, I'm volunteering, I'm, I'm doing what I'm asked to do why, why aren't we changing this? You know, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why can't poor kids learn, you
2: know? Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, does the community even care about our kids mm-hmm. and, you know, and you and I know that, um, you know, the short answer to a lot of that is in you know generations of systemic mm-hmm. inequities. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was also about, but what about right now? Like I want to do something right now and how can I just help one kid, one school, you know, make this different. Um, and, and my answer right or wrong was, If I'm hearing both sides, does everybody else hear both sides? Can we just come together and listen to each other Mm -hmm. um, and get out of our silos as best we can? Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a joke, but I would I would host these lunches where we would just come together and talk. And the idea was that we were going to have an enlightening conversation about something that everyone can learn from so that we also could get out of the, well, I did this. Well, that wasn't good enough kind of debate too. Um, who
0: was in that? Who was in that audience? Typically at those lunches, it
1: was it was a lot of um, elementary school principals, so mm-hmm. Dallas ISD principals mm-hmm. or, or librarians, mm-hmm. and then a lot of private school um, community service directors, huh. director. Of, you know, you know, yep. learning on one school uh, occasionally ahead of school. I can remember, uh, you know, Dr. Hill with Lamplighter yep. has always yep. been there with us. I can remember it. Uh, a luncheon on the parish yeah. uh, campus that you hosted, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we would talk about what the numbers overall might be saying, what mm-hmm. is the research bearing out? You know, so how, how can we talk about things that we can all learn from
0: and so this then is roughly, turn it back? This is roughly 2015 or so. Right,
1: right, right. You know, kind of, yeah, yeah. And all I of that listening, you, you know, that turned into relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So then, you know, we had, we weren't transacting, Mm-hmm. volunteer events and projects anymore. Mm-hmm. It became about relationships. And those mm-hmm. relationships could then be the the natural partnership, much like what you have and like what Parish has today with Sigaroa and with Anne yeah. Frank. And you know, and we all know, right, that's yielded tremendous gains for mm-hmm. um, for students at Sigaroa, yeah. um, leadership opportunities for for parish students. And and we hope that long term, right, that's a greater understanding for our entire broader school communities, public or private, right?
0: So it was really much more of an evolution than a, than a stake, than staking a flag in the ground. You know, it was this, I mean, you and Todd had started Williams Prep. Todd is also involved with an organization called Commit. It was beginning to really leverage data to the, to the local and statewide conversation about um, equity and about the improvement of education uh, in the community, but but really, United to Learn sort of emerged out of this soup of conversations around how to bring improvement to um, the the conditions and the outcomes in in the in the public school. But it really wasn't a, a day where you woke up and said, "I'm going to start an organization called United to Learn."
1: No, it it wasn't, and and I think that um, you know it, maybe that's why the the relationships run as deep as they do because we learned together. And um, I thank Todd and the the team at Commit for a lot of the analytics work that not only did they have back then, but they're still a partner of of United to Learn today. And and they help provide a lot of that research that um, is being put into policy. And then we get to see put into practice. And, you know, United to Learn basically picks up where public school funding stops. Um, And so we're, you know, just trying to make sure that uh, we do find ways to step in with that next dollar that is needed to make sure that those policies truly do um, you know, come to fruition for. my recollection
0: back my recollection back to those days and you mentioned Joan and, and our hosting are um, similarly murky like the emergence of something that came out of um, a, a, a condition that was much more amorphous um, because I knew of commit and understood their work and then your conversations began. And then slowly from it uh, formed a much more, for example, targeted service endeavor for independent schools like Parish, where we were essentially invited to not spray our kids out across the Metroplex to different uh, tangential service opportunities, all great in and of their own light, very enriching, as you Mm -hmm. heard our kids speak to in the previous episode, but Mm -hmm. not to your point focused on really driving results at a particular organization or school. And then so thus, mm-hmm. you know, I began to see the, um, the, the strategy emerging of what would become United to Learn of saying, how do we best leverage the resources and gifts of a variety of uh, players to, as mm-hmm. our mission says, United to Learn, transform the relationship between communities and schools. So I, I share this notion of it emerging to form um, much, much more over over time. Um, than, um, you know, being here one day, having not right. been here the day before. Um, you know, and a
1: couple of things come to mind, like, you know, we don't sell a product, right? So no. we, you know, and we get that, you know, there are fundamentals to the um, to the model underlying principles in terms of what are the right levers to be pushing on, right. but it's not a, you know, it's not a one product. So I think that that goes towards, that, that goes to the evolutionary concept, right? Yeah. And then the other thing is, got you know, policy is very important, but let's be honest. I love being in Dorothy Wilkie's classroom and Goldman was, uh, uh, fulfilling on some level, you know, but gosh, it, it, it didn't, it didn't make me sing. It didn't make me smile. Mm -hmm. And being in an elementary school really does. So if I think about, you know, what our, city needs, what our society needs. Like we know that 90% of all students need a post-secondary credential. Mm-hmm. We know that, right? Uh, so, but if we're not working in, um, in in high schools necessarily, if we're gonna be in elementary schools, what does that mean? Well, you know, we actually do have a metric that will help us guide that. So we can be laser focused on literacy scores um, And in particular on third grade literacy scores, which would tell us that a kiddo who's read on grade level is three times more likely to go on to college um, and use that um, as our sort of this this guiding um, star um, to coalesce our efforts um, to to really be impactful, as you were
2: saying.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you face challenges when only about 45 percent of those third graders in the Dallas independent school public schools uh, are on that reading level to 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 get to, to post um, high school uh, educational experiences, right? So there is a dramatic need there for us to, uh, again, laser focus our our um, mm-hmm. efforts in regard. Mm-hmm. You mentioned these pillars of United to Learn, and this is one challenge, those of us that are um, stewards of and supporters of United to Learn face, which is to really um, take this non-product delivering entity and explain it, right? So United to Learn has now become a fully- Uh, full-throated nonprofit with a board of trustees in which I'm proud to serve and and, uh, essentially the structure of a nonprofit. And it really has four substantive pillars that are the focus of the organization's work. So pick each of those four apart from us to really, for us to really help us understand what United to Learn does in concrete terms. Okay. Um,
1: So, yeah, but I would tell you that I would bet though, that those concrete fundamentals, those greatest levers that we pull on um, are pretty darn close to the same things that you um, that you execute on every day to create parishes culture. Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty amazing place. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me think, you know, what would our community look like? How could it be different if every child in Dallas, right, had access to the resources that a parish education affords? So that's the that's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you spoke about social emotional intelligence mm-hmm. even on your last um, on your last podcast, right? right. So this is the right, the concept that students deserve to be in a place where there is a sense of belonging, where right? they have tremendous strong relationships with their teachers and their counselors. They've got adults who really get them, mm-hmm. um, and of course they also have opportunities to develop some real resilience and understanding how stress is impacting them so that they can take ownership of that. Because um, you just never know when uh, the world might throw you a tornado, a pandemic or <laughs> something else. Um, so there, right there, you know, we are on the same page.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I wouldn't say, of course, that every campus needs to look like you know, Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. But I think about what must be just like chest pumping pride, of your students as they are driving through your gates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I want every student to feel. I want them to, to be on a school campus that sings effectively through the walls and what they see in banners and in messaging um, and in you know, the necessary lab equipment that where you learn matters, right? And it matters to learn. And so we are going to invest in those resources. That means your learning environment would be our, our next pillar, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't had the pleasure of walking your, um, your lower school classrooms, mm-hmm. um, but I'd probably be willing to, to bet there's a lot of really cool books mm-hmm. that your little panthers love. Um, and there are um, buckets of Uh, leveled readers so that students can quickly advance from you know level A to level Z and and in between Um, and I bet teachers are finding really fun ways to reward them through that Mm -hmm. Uh, I can remember when my boys were young and they would bring home these warm fuzzies Do do your teachers have warm fuzzies
0: yeah indeed (laughs)
1: You know, and all of a sudden, this massive um, stuffed animal would show up at carpool on Friday afternoon and we would have a friend to take care of all weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, uh, we are investing in ways to promote a love of learning.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm sure that those warm fuzzies and uh, stuffed Mm -hmm. animals do. And thus grow uh, student achievement and reading mm-hmm. student achievement, and and you know all that to say, right? These are not necessarily the exact same. You're, the investments you're making aren't the exact same as are happening within our Dallas ISD um, public elementary schools. Ninety percent of the students that we work with are are growing up in families in poverty. Mm-hmm. Poverty brings you know tremendous tremendous challenges. Um, to uh, to our students and their families and their communities. So, you know, our investments in training for teachers around social and emotional health might spend an awful lot of extra time on what is the impact of chronic poverty mm-hmm. and, and toxic stress? And how does that play out? And how do we, um, how do teachers then work to elicit more information at the beginning of the day to be able to help them understand the challenges that a child went through before they arrived that morning?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or how are we differentiating reading instruction in a classroom where you have many newcomers to our uh, to our country who uh, not only are, are new to the English language, but um, are you know, maybe you know, years behind and we want mm-hmm. to most quickly catch them up um, because as, as you were alluding to, there is an urgency, an urgency of now. Um, but I still believe that all of that, right, is delivered in essence in this along the same pillars with love and, and grace from somebody who, who really cares about you. And um, I know that your, you know, your values are on your front door
2: mm-hmm. at, at Paris. Yes,
1: And it's those things I think that are the same and what every parent you know every parish parent every parish teacher every cigarroa parent every cigarroa um, um teacher you know want to see um and then i think like you we want to invest in in the Tonys and the hopes and the amaris um mm-hmm. and not only high school students at parish but for the dozens of high school students that um that are a part of other partner schools across the city so mm-hmm. as you know not only independent schools but our uh, Dallas ISD um, high schools and charter schools are also involved in our work. Um, and, and I know that you know this and your Leadership Institute and, and the Blair Fellows um, embody uh, these these same principles, that these are our leaders.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, ultimately, they will be the ones who are carrying forward our mission of, of transforming how communities are working together that have historically been so, so divided um, and so whether they're coming to our fellows program or uh, participating and, and leading on our team board, we hope that we're giving them the information, answering their questions of why, and then giving them a chance to design and implement solutions that we do see already um, are, are uh, playing forward on our, on our campuses. I think ultimately, you know, they're the really uniters in all of this.
0: What's amazing about United to Learns evolution to to form up these pillars and begin to deliver them is how quickly it's moved i mean the organization is now serving over 26,000 students in 47 uh dallas independent school elementary schools it has uh you know dozen plus um uh, independent and private school uh partners um numerous uh, community based partners and and uh engaged volunteers delivering um reams of hours of service and supplies there. It is literally, if you're going to promote literacy, develop social and emotional competencies on campus, enhance campus environments, cultivate advocacy for educational equity among the broader Metroplex community, you really need to leverage resources. And United to Learn has really very quickly become this conduit for these wide range of partners from DISD administrators and teachers to community organizations like the Momentus Institute to corporate partners to area partner schools like, um, you know Parish and ESD and St. Marks and Hockaday and the Home the alike to act on behalf of the children in DISD. That synergy, which you've spoken to a little bit, is really amazing. Uh, how do how do you how do you how do you express uh, the power of it as the uh, as the founder and CEO of United to Learn?
1: If I think about how I express it, I think about what the picture of Mm -hmm. what I see as that Mm -hmm. network, um, you know, probably the, the image that I see Mm -hmm. is sitting on the floor, um, of the, uh, of the Lowe's field house, Uh right. The day after that tornado came through, Mm -hmm. those tornadoes came through, um, a couple of falls ago. And knowing that it was not one person and not even just the United to Learn staff, right? It was exactly that. It was Mm -hmm. the armies of individuals who came together to transform that field house into not one, but what effectively would have to be three schools. So Mm -hmm. three student bodies all sitting on the floor of the arena and continuing learning the next day. Um, I think it's rooted in a tremendous amount of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it is rooted in the values that we hold dear Mm -hmm. that, you know, United to learn is an organization that says we are first and foremost optimistic. We know that there is a solution,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. but, um, but we're nimble and we understand that the, that the challenges change. And so therefore probably the answers will, Mm -hmm. but if we can, Be collaborative, which means we really have to listen to everyone, Um, then we can work shoulder to shoulder, um, aspiring to be as culturally competent as we can in our own journey um, Mm -hmm. so that we can be effective. But I don't think that there's, you know, if we can align on vision, Mm -hmm. then we can be honest about the different role that everyone, you know, kind of stakes in this game. Yeah. Um, But I think that the, you know, I I also think that the community is big, is, does champion the larger vision. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And I I think that we benefit from working with tremendous partners um, in in each of those sectors that you mentioned. Um, You know, Dallas ISD is absolutely head and shoulders above um, other urban districts not just in the state of Texas, right? Mm-hmm. But across mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do have a very philanthropic city who's saying, I want results. Mm-hmm. I've had enough of incremental change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so they're willing to, you know, take a seat at the table and to and to listen. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I think our business community is a is our, our winners as well. Um, sure. So there there must be a little pride in yeah. in who we are.
0: But yeah, no one, think, there's think, no
1: way you can underestimate mutual respect.
0: No, and, and that listening that you start at the very top with how United to Learn emerged out of these listening sessions is, is uh, I think, where that trust and those relationships come from. And the fact that those four pillars that we've discussed about United to Learn don't look the same applied to every one of the schools in DISD in which United to Learn is serving because you know we enter into a relationship with that individual school community to really understand how best we can close that gap between what they're getting through state provided funds and resources and what they need. And each school has a different set of needs. And so again, that's based on conversation and relationship and nimbleness, as you mentioned, and, and a sense mm-hmm. of trust. But I love that image of, of Lowe's and, uh, you know, you're you're you'll, you'll uh, are, are, are a humble person, but the reality is y- you came into your work at United to Learn with um, an incredible set of, of of relationships and trust already earned that's allowed united to learn to 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 grow at the rate that it has a, 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 a founder of another of another cut and a different a different background in this community would have at, it would have taken so much longer for him or her to get to the point where we are with the organization now due to um the relationships and trust you had already established within the community so we're excited about. You know where United to Learn is is going and how we're beginning to close those those gaps. And Parish has had this really rich experience United to Learn through our linkage with the two schools you referenced, Anne Frank and Sigaroa. There are probably Parish listeners uh, to this podcast now who are having an epiphany, like. Oh, I've heard Cigaroa so often, more so than Ann Frank, because Ann Frank's a newer partner school for us. But I've heard Sigaroa. Mm-hmm. We've done drives for them. My child served there. Um, you know, I've seen pictures of Sigaroa kids uh, getting uh, their uh, service jackets. You know, there are so many ways in which um, our relationship with Cigaroa lives as part of the uh, culture and fabric of, of our community, and people just probably don't realize that that comes through United to Learn, but. Make no mistake, as I referenced earlier, this idea of focusing the independent schools and private schools of the northern tier of Dallas in their service engines toward these particular elementary schools has had a significant effect in making the service more meaningful for the Mm communities here, we're enriched by our relationships with these schools, and we hope we give meaningfully to them, um, and connecting um, us in in really significant ways, and I know that's how it is for our peer schools um, in Mm -hmm. North Dallas, where did that, where did that uh, understanding or decision come from, that strategy to link independent schools to specific DISD elementary schools, do you remember its origin? I do, and you
1: know, and that was a lot in those initial conversations, right, and we found that you know, there would be multiple schools um, volunteering, sending volunteers to a, to a Dallas ISD elementary school, but yet they didn't know they were both there. They didn't realize the overlap, right? In, in efforts you know, attempted, um, they just didn't get, They didn't get it. And there wasn't a conversation about, well, wait a minute, what is the big goal here? What's the big goal on this campus? Um, Certainly, as TEA has introduced school ratings and our STAR tests on a standardized basis have have given us much more uh, information in terms of student growth goals, et cetera. So we've all been uh, Mm -hmm. focused uh, on on, or forced to be more focused on outcomes. Um, But it was trying to make a little bit more sense of that so that each person who was engaged in the work could feel better about their particular Mm -hmm. role. Um, and then making sure that, that an independent school wasn't deciding what they thought the best idea would be for a public school. And uh, yeah, so that by, and vice versa. So instead it really has to be, yes, it's very important to be proximate. We have to be in front of each other and gosh, you know, COVID is challenging. Uh, thank mm-hmm. goodness we do have lots of you know, Zoom videos so that we can at least see each other. But we have to be in front of each other. So being able to place um, students and teachers together, but then to you know, to talk about okay, what is that gap? Okay, so I you know you may have decided that you know third grade reading interventions would be you know really great with. Small group instruction based on the rest of the curriculum that is being put forward. Mm Yeah, and and it may be very different as you were alluding to in first and second grade. But we needed to have the conversation to be able to match up what the needs and what the resources would be. Um, So that was a lot of the strategy was just trying to get things to be more coordinated and effective and driving towards that singular goal.
0: and but pre-pandemic, the, I mean, pre-pandemic, uh, we, we were beginning to see the needle really move on things like those third grade uh, reading literacy scores in the uh, schools, uh, the Dallas uh, elementary schools, where our independent schools, for example, were doing a lot of this targeted service uh, around, yeah. literacy, you know, so it yeah, was I,
1: across the United to Learn schools, reading achievement has clearly surpassed what we have seen, you know, elsewhere across the district. But Dave, I want you and your community to be able to stop and just appreciate what has happened at Cigaroa because of you.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yeah we we all began right with investments in that foundation. Of mm-hmm. understanding around social and emotional health, which mm-hmm. meant creating a campus where students not only felt that they were safe and belonged, but where they felt like winners mm-hmm. and they could see themselves, you know, and the, the work that you did absolutely, whether it was painting of walls and murals and having so many tutors come in and work mm-hmm. with with students. And I can remember getting the call from mm-hmm. you know principal Burak. And I'm standing in the parking lot, getting ready to go into another investor meeting Mm -hmm. and and he says Abby we did it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I can just remember just crying crying because here he had seen where you know when we started that relationship nine percent of third graders were reading on a college ready pace today he is in sights of 60%. I mean, just think about that. Yeah. And that is what you guys did. And, and I, don't, I don't just say that. He says that. Mm-hmm. Principals yeah. say that. They say that these partnerships for all of the things that have continued to motivate them, mm-hmm. knowing that the community has stepped in and is behind them and is willing to pick up
2: yep. where
1: public funding stops and, and we're there with you know, empathetic ears, and understanding and we do get that it's it this is all our city and our community right. that's the difference that's the difference that's the motivator that has that that keeps them there
0: right And our in our belief at paris that our our broader metro community is not going to thrive unless all boats are bobbing at the top of the water all all, all school boats are bobbing at the top of the water and so mm-hmm. you know we, we aspire to do that here of course with our own programming but want to help uh, all all schools thrive because it's going to make for a better community in which our students here will be able to lead and serve uh, once they get to become Mm adults. So in wrapping up, you know, this is organization is less than a decade old. Um, We've hit this pandemic, which has created major, major implications for this very progress that we've talked about around reading and literacy and the needs to address educational equity in the system. But it's a, it is a, an exciting time for the organization. What are the two or three things that you're most excited about when you think about the short-term next steps United to Learn?
1: Well, you know, as we have gone you know, citywide, um, there are a, a lot of schools to cover um, and we're excited about bringing you know, many more partners um, mm-hmm. to our work. Um, I, I think that part of the silver lining and where we are, is that we do have a very interested um, community and people are asking why. I want them to keep asking why and I want us to take the responsibility to answer that question. Mm -hmm. I'm proud that historically we have done a lot to address systemic inequities, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, we're talking about decisions that were made in the past um, I think that the opportunity is with our high school students heading off what the next crisis is as we're sitting here in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to your students mm-hmm. talk about the nonprofits that they mm-hmm. just started because mm-hmm. they took what they had learned from Anne Frank and then created, right. you know, something else nationally, yeah. that's a huge win,
2: right? Yeah, really when I hear
1: what, yeah, what hope has done,
2: yeah.
1: um, and, ta- you know, and taking back and what she is doing, that's a ripple effect. Because we're answering the why, and because they're being more critical, uh, and I think that for for all of us, just sort of what does day to day become?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we're all heading into a very big summer,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm really excited that um, that there are so many across the community who want to be part of the solution and believe there is a solution, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that if we are we are honest. About uh, and using the data as the beginning of that honesty, so that we can ask more questions um, and design solutions that I think we'll be working shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. um, oh, it, or six feet apart if necessary, through the summer, um, so that you know, many more of your high school students can yeah. be out and um, and helping with you know learning and um, enrichment. Um, efforts through the summer. Um, And I think that uh, teachers will be sharing more with each other um, so that we come back in the fall, not having seen um, incremental COVID slide, but being so proud of some big things that we had done to prevent the
0: next crisis because of COVID. that COVID impact is going to be really something to pay attention to in, in forthcoming data. But um, yeah, if you're a parish parent who's listening um, either with your um, you know, business hat on or your commu- engaged community member hat on, uh, we're in year one at Unite you know, to Learn of this expansion, essentially this doubling of schools that we're serving. And so uh, whether it's school-based liaisons who uh really serve as a conduit between United to Learn and, and the public school, or whether it's your business coming in and, and uh, adopting uh, a, a campus as our school has, or whether it's you as an individual participating in what is an annual uh, campus community day to do some of this aesthetic uplift and, and beautification that Abby's talked about each March. Um, United to Learn hosts a Saturday community campus day. Parish will put information out about it um, in, in the next few weeks um you know we we need you so if you're looking for some uh, some place to put in your time uh, as a per, as a um individual or a professional uh, let us let us know you can contact me or certainly go to the website um to learn a little bit more about uh, unite to learn but it's been fun catching up with you and i did learn a few things Through those questions, I wanted to probe and find out a little more about Abby behind the United to learn veneer. And that was fun. And uh, the organization's amazing. We're glad to be a partner of it. And I'm uh, uh, honored to put in some time uh, and learn from you and work with that amazing team of yours, um, promoting promoting a cause and making Dallas a a, a great place for people to live and for young people to to grow up and and be educated. So thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you. Enjoy being with you. We'll see you. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. In our next episode, we will continue our conversations around how, when together, we amplify the gifts and talents of those with whom we are assembled. We look forward to having you back on the From My Angle podcast.